I'm going to be smiling and laughing throughout this whole story, okay? And it is not funny at all. I already was having a hard time, but let's let's throw a little more cortisol into the mix. No, my, my, my point was just like, you know, completely lost. I won't lie. Not <laughs> Hello. It's just me, Crystal, on the mic this week. I have my tea. I'm all cozy and I'm ready to jump into things. So this is also my first solo slash mini episode. Gabby had hers about two weeks now and now I'm up to bat. And today we're going to be talking about consuming media as a person with triggers. So just to give you kind of an outline I'm going to go through looking at what triggers are and what happens when you get triggered. And then we're going to look at how to evaluate the media that you consume and the media that you want to consume so it makes you feel good and doesn't leave you feeling like shit afterwards. I'm going to share some resources along the way that I have found to be super helpful. And I also want to touch on how to navigate having triggers and being around other people, whether that's out in public or with friends and family. It can be hard to avoid sensitive materials, um, whether that's on TV or in the news or the radio or whatever it may be. It can be hard to navigate that when maybe people aren't as informed about triggers as you are, or maybe they're not as sensitive to that sort of a thing and don't understand it in the way that you do. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. We're going to start by looking at what a trigger is. And in short, a trigger is anything that sets you off and makes you feel uneasy and reminds you of a past trauma. Now, this can range from super severe reactions, panic attacks, being down for a few days and just not feeling up to your normal energy level. Or this can just leave you feeling super uneasy and being able to go about your day as usual. Because there's so many different types of traumas, there's so many different types of triggers. And again, we reiterate this probably every week, but I think it's important. No trauma is more or less valid, and that same thing can be said for triggers. Whether you are triggered by fighting or violence, any sort of really graphic material like that, or maybe it's something as simple as a car driving by really fast that makes you feel really unsettled. The entire range of triggers and traumas are all valid in their own right. So keep that in mind and you don't need anyone to validate that for you, but if you needed to hear that, there you go. (laughs) I spent a long time personally just feeling like my own triggers, some of which are a little bit more simple. I'll just share one of them. I don't typically like to share them, but I think this warrants a little vulnerability. And um, one of them is the sound of an aluminum can opening. Oh my gosh. That drives me nuts. It immediately puts me in a negative headspace. And I, I, I thought for a lot of years that was silly and that I had no real reason to feel that way. And how could I let something so insignificant set me off like that? But I wasn't giving myself the grace I deserved. And I wasn't evaluating that trigger for what it was, which was the fact that it brought me back to a really hard time in my life and a past trauma that I carry with me. And so 
that kind of a mindset really prevented me from doing some healing there. So just keep that in mind that um, maybe you feel like something that sets you off is really insignificant, but um, it's okay to feel like that. It's okay to feel negative about something seemingly so small because there's a bigger root to it. So let's jump into what happens when we get triggered. What happens is the brain is thrown into fight or flight response and your body is on high alert. You know, you're, you're reacting to something that maybe you're in a safe space. Maybe you're just on your couch listening to music or watching a movie with your friend, but your short-term memory kind of glitches out a little bit. It can feel like the threat from that past trauma is still very much real, is still very much present. And if you're not someone who has triggers, it can be kind of confusing to understand, but it's almost as if you are functioning in two different realities, one in the past and one in the present. And it almost feels really irrational. Like anytime I've ever been triggered, there's moments where I kind of gaslight myself and I'm like, why am I overreacting? I'm literally sitting right here. This isn't that big of a deal. This is so strange. When in reality, it's our brain functioning to the best of its ability, and it's a difficult situation. Maybe it doesn't always feel like you're dying when you're triggered, or maybe it's not something that throws you into a panic attack, but it's probably going to make you feel like shit, whether that's for a couple of hours or a couple of days, sometimes even a couple of weeks. Again, we're working on a spectrum here. There's... There's a lot of different traumas, there's a lot of different triggers, and there's a lot of different time periods in which people can bounce back from them. And they're not always going to be the same for the same people, for the same triggers. You know, we just have to respect ourselves enough to give ourselves grace during these times and, and navigate that as best as we can. If you're not being triggered, that's the time that I think would be a good time to evaluate the media you're consuming and how it makes you feel. You don't want to be doing this when you are anxious or stressed out or have a lot going on. I recommend doing it with journaling. I know I sound like a broken record, but it really is helpful. <laughs> and just writing out specifically what has made you feel awful in the past, whether it was a movie scene or a video game you played, or maybe you didn't even play it, but you were in the room with someone else and you saw things that really upset you. Whatever that sensory input was, explicitly outline that for yourself. Understand what your trigger is before you dive into auditing what kind of entertainment works for you and what doesn't. There's a lot of different platforms we use on a very regular basis, whether that's apps or TV shows or series, movies, video games, books. You get the point. I would pay attention to how you feel when you watch them. Make note of ones that have put you in a bad headspace and look at the finite details. Maybe it was one scene in a movie. Look at those characters in that scene. What's the setting? Is there context here that reminds you of something? All of that is going to tie back to a past trauma when you have a trigger. And when you're looking at the media, the piece of media itself, you can look at it objectively when you're in this clear headspace, you'll be able to understand 
the root of that. And those two things, understanding the root and understanding the media that's portraying that trigger, are tools you can use to tailor your entertainment experience for yourself. Now, this is when I'm going to jump into a resource that has worked wonders for me and has given me so much freedom when it comes to watching movies and TV shows as a person with triggers. Full transparency, this is going to sound like a sales pitch, but it's not that at all. This is just something that has really worked for me. And that is an app called Does the Dog Die? This app is really incredible. And what it is, is a database of movies and TV shows, hundreds of movies and TV shows, and a list of triggers that, it, that, that are crowdsourced. So you can download the app. It's like $5 or something. Um, and go through the list of triggers and pin the ones that apply to you. You don't have to make an account. So it's pretty anonymous. You go in. You pin the triggers that apply to you. Things that you want to be aware of if you're going to watch a movie or a TV show that contains them. And what's really awesome is that people who also have triggers will watch these movies and they'll go through under each movie and they'll mark if that trigger shows up in the movie. So I have the app open right now. I'm just going to show you a little bit of how specific this app really is. Now, there's a list of probably like a hundred triggers here and they range from super specific to pretty vague and there's a space for comments. Let me just walk you through. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use the example of the movie Jennifer's Body. And it was the first one I saw. So going through, it marks questions. And so anyone who watches this movie can look at the questions. And one of them is, does an animal die? 28 people said no. Does someone do drugs? Yes. Does someone abuse alcohol? 27 people said yes. Now for this one, there's a comment that says underage teens drinking beer and shots not physically shown. And this is just a, a resource to give you information to make your own judgment. Do you want to watch this movie or do you not? There is a spoilers feature. So you can still have a storyline being unveiled to you the same way it would for someone who's not used this app. But um, you can reveal them if you want to reveal them. I just love this and I think it has given me so much freedom and if you are sensitive to certain topics and often feel like you wish you could watch movies without seeing those things come up, this is the app for you. So like I said, it sounds like a sales pitch. It's totally not. It's just worked so, so well for me. Another great resource is Common Sense Media. Now, this isn't as robust as Does the Dog Die app, but it is a quick fix. And it's kind of like a band-aid to use when you're in a pinch. And Common Sense Media is one of the rating systems that comes up when you Google a movie. So I'll use the example of Jennifer's Body again. When you Google that movie, there's going to be a couple different rating systems that pop up for you. And one of them is Rotten Tomatoes, which is rating more of the narrative of the storyline of the movie. But then there's also Common Sense Media. And this is kind of like a parental guidelines rating. And 
oftentimes they are parents that go on and rate the movie and they'll comment about any violence or drinking, maybe um, sexual activity, things like that. And the premise of this rating system is not tailored to people with triggers. It's, it's looking for things that may be sensitive for underage audiences. So while it's not as specific and maybe isn't as helpful as the app, it's still a great resource to quickly navigate, okay, is there any like severe violence? Is there something like any assault or something? That's the type of thing that if you are just figuring out triggers and you don't want to commit to paying for an app, that's something I would start with and, and learning more, like paying attention to that and being more in tune with um, reading reviews on topics like that. So it can also be as simple as just Googling, you know, does this movie contain this issue? Does this movie contain scenes of this? And sometimes that'll pull results and sometimes it won't, but the more you're paying attention to what topics are in these movies and being more aware and cognizant of sensitive materials that you may encounter, the more you can lean into protecting yourself from seeing media you don't want to see. Really evaluating the scenes and the context that upset me has allowed me to have a lot more freedom and tailor my entertainment consuming experience for myself. I would say if you are someone who is newly discovering triggers or maybe you're just finally really paying attention to this part of yourself, to be picky about what you're consuming. Social media, video games, and paying attention to all of these sensory inputs that are happening. Think about this every time that a TV is near you, whether you go to the bar and they're playing a sports game and they show commercials, or if you go over to a friend's house and they have a movie playing in the background, whatever the situation may be, I would say really, really pay attention because the more attention that you're paying, the better that you can gauge what's working for you and what isn't. This is where I'm going to move into arguably a touchy subject, which is how to navigate consuming media when you're around other people. Now, again, this is really hard to do. It's really hard to just like flat out avoid media, period. And when we're in public, when we're with extended family or friends we haven't seen in a long time who maybe don't understand our sensitivities to certain issues, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, everybody's uncomfortable. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be, you know? And I always start by saying, A, be around people who support you and who do not want to trigger you. And if people are not willing to accept those boundaries, if they are not um, compassionate to what you're feeling in those moments, then I don't think those are the kindest people to be around and maybe it's worth evaluating your relationship with them. But again, it can be unavoidable when you're in public or at a restaurant and someone else is in control of the media that's being played. And in those instances, I would say bring a pair of headphones, whether they're giant beats or AirPods, whatever it is, put them in your bag or put them in the car with you 
and bring them with you. I literally always have a set of headphones with me everywhere I go because I'll be shopping in the grocery store and I will hear an advertisement over the intercom with a sound effect in it that is not great and I feel like I'm about to be triggered. That's when I put my headphones in. I play a podcast. I'll listen to an audiobook. I'll turn on music. Whatever it is, I just drown the noise out for myself. I've heard a lot of people who have triggers talk about having a playlist for themselves queued up and um, whatever kind of streaming platform you use. Having a calming playlist or maybe um, just something that's super quick to reach for and that you can put in immediately and just like chill out for just a second before you reach that peak triggered anxious feeling that bad headspace and being tied back to that past trauma. That's always super helpful. And whether you're in public or you're with people you know, have a plan. And talk to people beforehand. You know, sometimes if I'm going to a party or I'm going to be hanging around people who I know don't know I have triggers or maybe they don't fully understand my triggers, I'll text them before we get where we're going. And I'm like, hey, if you, for me, it's, it's always like, TV shows that are left on. I'll text them and be like, look, I am super sensitive to this. And a lot of times when I go out and hang out with people, they'll leave the TV on, which is totally cool. But maybe we could mute it or maybe just leave it off um, and play some music instead. I've got a really great playlist, whatever it is, if we can just leave it off. And the people who care about you, the people who are genuinely concerned for your safety, people who, who want to make you feel comfortable in that space, are 100% going to respect that plan. And they're going to read that text and be like, oh, hell yeah, okay, cool. Or they'll have questions. Hey, yeah, I totally understand that, but it may be a little awkward if the TV's off or if there's no music. Are you cool if I put on Jeopardy? Are you cool if I put on Family Feud? Um, And we can just mute it at commercial. Or, yeah, is this playlist work for you? I'll play this in the background while everyone's talking. Those are the type of people who are good friends, good family, and who respect you and if you send a text or you talk to someone beforehand and they're like I don't know about that that seems like asking for a lot the reality is you're not asking for a lot you are just trying to be comfortable in the space and you deserve to be comfortable just like anyone else anywhere else you're going in this plan as well I would think about A space you can go to if you start to feel nervous or triggered, whether that's going out to your car or going to the bathroom or maybe just like finding a coffee shop nearby if you're if you're going to be somewhere for an extended period of time. I know sometimes people go out of town and and, you know, they're they're not used to the area. So like, I don't know where to go to. Well, look for a nearby coffee shop or if you're comfortable at bars, find a, a local bar that you can maybe try a new drink at doesn't even have to involve food or drinks you know you could go to a park or something just go for a drive period having a place that you can get away from and and go to when you're feeling unsettled can be super helpful as well and ultimately again I just I want to emphasize the fact that including people in on this plan and letting them know okay this is this is where I'm at and this is kind of the support I'm looking for and that I need It's important you advocate for yourself, and it's important that people respect when you do advocate for yourself. And if they don't, kick them to the curb because they're not caring about you like they should.
So just to kind of conclude this mini episode, I just want to reiterate the fact that triggers are hard to navigate and it can feel really confusing and scary to walk through that. But being able to really pay attention to the media that you consume and have a group of people around you who support you and who respect these sensitive materials that you maybe don't always know how to handle are going to be instrumental to being able to have a normal life when you have triggers and to be able to consume media in a way that doesn't leave you feeling horrible after you consume it or just being near it, period. Regardless, all of it is valid. Your feelings are valid and you just got to do the best you can do, you know? And so Thank you so much for sticking with me on this episode. This is something I really enjoyed talking about. I love being able to share resources. You're always welcome to drop me a message. And I love being able to support other people in that way. So if you ever need any more resources or you just want to reach out and be like, yo, triggers suck. I'll be like, amen. Thanks for tuning in and have a good one. On behalf of Gabby and I, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Breakdown to Breakthrough. If you liked this episode, please be sure to give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to find us online, go to bd-bt.com or on Instagram at bdbtpodcast. You can sign up to join our email list in the show notes to get updates about each new episode that goes live. Thanks again for tuning in.